start this. Okay, so now we're recording. So this is the official audio version we're on now, but this is this is what I'll release later onto my website. Okay. Okay. And now I'm going to start recording. So now we're recording this if I need to make edits. And now we're going to start streaming. Okay. You're a technology master. Fucking technology. Yeah, let me scoot in a little bit just so we're all we're all in frame here. Um, I feel like we're cooking meth. <laughs> <laughs> this is a total meth setup. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, Sean, this it, at the very least, this is a tweaker setup. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a garage. We're surrounded by boxes. I've got a fucking piece of cloth next oh, to Oh, no, don't tell the audience. This oh, is actually a wall. This is a wall. This is actually a wall. <laughs> you know what? I just broke the fourth wall <laughs> by explaining the wall. This is actually a a, a, a painting. It was about Van Gogh. It's actually it, was, a Van it Gogh. is a Van Gogh. Um, it's called Nothing. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. So now, I think if we look at the dashboard here. This is crazy. Okay, okay, yeah, we're online on all of this shit. So so let's tell let's tell everyone what we're streaming on. Okay, right, right now. now. Uh, I'm streaming. I feel so naked. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> this is wait, naked or oh yeah yeah. We're or we're being observed from every angle. Yeah, we already are. This is the government. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, dude. Everything is being uploaded into the. I actually I have I'm very sci-fi minded. Uh huh. I'm gonna bounce something off you. Let's put a pin in this. I want to talk to you about personalities being on social media later becoming part of a larger AI. Put, put okay. in that. We'll come back to that. Okay, so we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Somehow YouTube is twice. I just figured I'd cover my basis, and it's my same account, and mm. it's going to YouTube Stream Now and YouTube Events. Okay. It's going to Twitch. It's going to Periscope. Who'd have thunk? That's Twitter's uh, live stream, right? Thing, something. Yeah. Ho- hold on. I think um, I think the levels oh. are good on the mic, but my my um, headphones is that- are really loud. Oh no, I'm going louder. Okay, how's that for you? I, I'm not That's blowing good. your eardrums out. No, I? no, no. My, I mean, I've, I'm definitely gonna have okay, hearing damage. I love Metallica. So. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Metallica's great. Um, so Periscope, t- t- Periscope, who'd have thunk? They're still around. I know. They're in the I game. I thought they Twitter. failed. No, they did well. Twitter bottom. Yeah. It was kind of, I think. Uh, did they try to? Did they buy them to put them out of business? Or anyway, it works. Yeah. It works. I went in and I configured a profile. And then Mixer. Have you heard of Mixer? Uh, it rings a bell. It's a Microsoft game streaming uh, something. Wow. What you call it. So like um, like everything Microsoft, these all kind of were consistent when I was setting up with, oh, shout out to Restream.io. Yeah, shout out. Shout, shout out. out to Restream.io. Now, I'm sure everyone's going to be doing this because there's a protocol called RTMP. I'm sure, so I think what everyone's realizing, <coughs> and you'll probably be hip to this too, being yeah. that you're another Silicon Valley power player. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if I, you're being really generous there. <laughs> I'm more of a Silicon Valley uh, Cog. T-ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm a T-ball. <laughs> so um, this R- the R- Passively T- benefiting. Okay, passively, go. Oh, that's me. That's totally, I've been yeah. suckling upon the teat for about 25 um, years now. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Uh, oh, nipple. my God, yes. Um, so somehow I think there's two people looking at Facebook right now. Um, oh, you know what? Facebook doesn't come through in the chat. So check it out on chat. Um, hi friends. So I'm putting something in my chat window. This is so mundane what I'm doing here. We're literally podcasting about podcasting. Yeah, this is, 
Okay, so this was sent to my YouTube channels, to the Mixer, and to the Twitch. So actually... Not to Facebook. Facebook doesn't even get my chats. And then also, uh, what was the other one? Periscope does not get any chats. Oh, okay. Um, so if anyone conceivably is listening on those channels, they could participate in chat. And we will check. I'll, I'll go back. Oh, look at that. They even gave us a little red light there. So where I was going with this is this RTMP is... I think the protocol, so think of it as, um, you know, for your, uh, your podcast, you have the RSS feed Yep. and it's just like a common protocol that everyone uses to distribute their whatever. Um, it could be anything media. Yeah. Media. Um, and I think live streaming is going to be RTMP. I'm just guessing. I haven't read too much up on it. Um, but ultimately I think everyone who supports live streaming will support this. So what that means is. Like most things, oh, one person dropped off on Facebook. So sad. Damn, now it's just one? Now it's just one. Eh, you know what? Better than none. I, and you don't feel, yeah, you don't feel so <laughs> naked, right? Knowing there's only yeah, one person Yeah, it's only there. one. Yeah. <laughs> she would try to kick him off. Hey, <laughs> get off our stream. <laughs> so private. Let's see if we can get him to go with yeah, the stream. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> Not welcome. No, everyone's welcome. Yeah. So, but who knows? What if something's going on in the yeah, chat? Yeah, we, we have millions on Instagram. Already, millions. Already watching. Millions <laughs> watching for the live stream. So, so uh, RTMP is the the protocol you think that yeah. is going to dominate. Well, I mean, live for live stream. streaming, I think that's a standard already. And yeah. Instagram, once Instagram gets on board with that, then we'll have an Instagram thing here, and we'll we'll be able to feed to all of them. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, for whatever reason, Instagram doesn't use that, so you got to go off the phone. So what we're doing right now, Sean, is you are more or less a guinea pig. What that Used means is. We're, we're podcasting, so we got audio on this mixing board here. This is, if all else fails, boom, this can go up to my website, and then it'll go on the RSS feed and get out there. But because it is 2019, and we want to participate in all the multimedia goodies that are available to us, you told me about the Restream.io. That's why we got all these other accounts on board. And this one person is hanging in there. That's what you call true that's a true fan. fan that's our first fan Matthew. whoever that's, yeah whoever that's your that is. first fan actually hold on here's where it gets weird it's so Facebook. you can't really aggregate the chats then because um, you can you can so we can't see instagram chat and if you're are we uh hold on let's I see if anyone think, oh tommy so tommy shout out to tommy feldman he's gonna be on next week he just put a like that's probably what registered but oh, okay. supposedly, somewhere I can view my feed. Somewhere I should be able to view my feed. Oh, here it is. Wow, two live listeners. Cody Abe, I'm not a fan. <laughs> like. Hey, Cody. No, he dropped. I bet he's the one who dropped. Oh, he dropped. <laughs> Cody. But it's check out our delay. The delay is magnificent. It's pretty wow, long. Wow, it is, it is a long time. So if, if there's a chat question, there's a long delay if we want to answer a chat question. That's why I think we should, I think, you know what, just every few minutes, not every few minutes, because we're, we're I mean, we're set up to have a conversation, a very deep conversation yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, so this isn't just about people wanting to say, hey, I have an opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, this is for totally. serious questions. And when we're doing deep work, we need to focus. Yeah. And that's what this conversation True. is all about, is deep work. So anyway, yeah, yeah, you told me about this, and I'm just trying to run with it. I mean, I think you did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. So you went to see um, Steve Byrne. 
Byrne. Yeah, Byrne. Steve Byrne. Byrne. How was that? I'm a fan of, fan of his. I'm a fan of his since I first saw him. He was in something called Kim's of Comedy. Um, I think early 2000s. Yeah. It was him, Bobby Lee, um, the guy who's been in every uh, hangover and uh, 40-year-old vir- virgin knocked up. What's his name? Um, Yeah, anyway. Yeah. There was a number of them touring. They were all had... Korean heritage and it was called the Kims of comedy. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's where I first saw him. So <laughs> it, the show was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, nice. I think uh, he really uh, he came out uh, he came out strong. You yeah. know, I think because I've seen uh, it's great to see how many headliners have come to the Bay Area even yeah. the last month. I yeah. mean, Mark Norman. Yeah. Um. So what I've actually uh, been kind of a thought exercise I've been doing is like. Looking, watching these headliners and trying to find out what did they all do? Yes. Like, to contra- compare and contrast them, right? Yeah. So, one thing that I've sort of realized after watching these professional headliners yeah. is there's there's the kind of these, uh, I don't want to use parlor tricks because it's a bit of a derogatory, it's a bit of a pejorative. Yeah. But it is kind of a, there's a, there's a few parlor tricks that people I'm use. I'm glad you said that. I've been noticing and that I don't too. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think it's certain. It's almost like the audience wants. Maybe it's not a speci- It's not specific s- words that every no, headliner used, words. but it's like, oh, I've heard, I've seen that. Yes. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of an example of one. Well, I think there's um, just a timing thing. I think there's surges of energy, and then, and then, uh, like uh, a way they sit back. That's what I've really been paying attention to is the rhythm of the act, and I feel like, um, so I was at. Jim Brewer yeah. last night, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm looking at comedy in a whole new eye uh, with a whole new kind of uh, what, what's this called? Um, a whole new uh, filter or angle because mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand what's happening. And I agree with you. I think there's certain things that are just uh, consistent across the board that you need to just learn as a comic. And I think some of that is if you're getting very intense, there's only so much air you could suck out of the room with laughter and then and then they bring it back and then they just talk and they're doing set up set up set up and then they start punching 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 and then like pull it back um but then there are some other things about when they start calling things out in the room you know i feel like every every act i've seen when they come out in the room they do anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute on the room or Mm -hmm. what they've seen around town this that and the other and there's kind of overlap. Like last night with um, Jim Brewer, both him and the opener kind of had the same take for the first 20 seconds. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Did he see the opening? He must not have watched the opening act. Doing blow in the green room. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was a situation where I, I was like, wait, he kind of said the exact same thing the opener said. But then maybe that's just what they do to kind of loosen up and then establish like, okay, we're all here now and I see this and I observe that and then and then they go over it and then they kind of jump into their material or riff a little bit more on what's going on and then jump into the material. But I, I so here's what, um, and I'm far too naive and far too early on to make this um, assessment, but I agree with, what you said about there's like a, we'll call it a mechanic. Yeah, that's a better word. There's a mechanic happening that probably, if you were to get into magic, um, 
I haven't watched a lot of my live magic, unfortunately. I mean, I, I like it. I think it's cool. That's fortunate, actually. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's a cool thing. I think it is a cool thing. And the guys are entertaining, right? They, like, they know how to entertain. Yeah. Um, they are a, a proper stage act, like uh, whatever else, a, um, a comic or a, um, a band or a musician or whatever. Like, like, they know how to handle themselves. But I'm sure if you were a magician, you would watch it with the same kind of eyes we're watching comedy where it's like, oh, I know, I know he's trying to do this right now and he's trying to do that right now. So uh, I agree with your, w- with your sentiment. So it's educational just watching them, which is why when I do this Project 10, one of the questions I bring up every week is have I watched any pro or national touring comics? Because I think it's important. You know, you've got to go watch comics live. Um, my opinion is I, I don't really, I'm not watching that many comedy specials anymore there's just too many of them and a lot of times i i feel you know 15 minutes in i kind of feel like i'm wasting time which is weird coming from a guy who loves comedy but the conclusion i've come to over the last few months or whatever is that this is a live thing that's happening and when you watch it on netflix it's like i don't know there's just there's only so much entertainment out of it but if you were to watch them live it might really get you but with Netflix, I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of the specials I've watched recently, I'm just watching and just going, okay, haven't laughed. Okay, all right. Heard that point of view. Heard that point of view. That's another thing, point of views. Yeah. I feel like there's not very many point of views out there. I know. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, with uh, – no, I've, I've thought of the same thing. It's – it's um. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few, 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 few comments I have on that. So I think I totally agree that – since I started seeing live professional comics yeah. in person, the experience is totally different from watching a special. Yes. It's totally, totally different. different yeah. Because the uh, the way that you connect with the audience yeah. totally uh, it may not translate on screen. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. I think often oftentimes it doesn't. So yeah, it's um, I don't know. I would still encourage people to watch specials. But I think the true judge of a comic would be seeing them live mm-hmm. and then going, how much oxygen did they suck out of the room? I mean, last night towards the end, Jim Brewer was just like, like I, I got to breathe. People were laughing so hard. Like, I, wow. I got to breathe. He was sucking the oxygen out of the room. That's awesome. Yeah. To the point where that's where I realized, oh, I think he, m- I mean, they may not know they're doing it, but me being so analytical and trying to um, think these things through so much, I go, I think when they slow down, especially Jim Brewer, because he's so physical. Yeah. When he's acting out these things, it's so ridiculous and absurd that um, it comes to a point where he'll just sit right back down on his chair and then take all of the amplitude out of it. And so we try to get by, you know, and he'll, his voice will just go <laughs> lower, you know. Uh-huh. And it's almost like, oh, so he sucked all the and now he's letting us relax. But then I almost feel like he's in control when he wants us to start. Going up again. again? Yeah. That's wild. It was crazy, <laughs> dude. It was really crazy because he would be running around the stage doing all his act outs. And then um, people would just be dying. Like, I was laughing so hard. And then and then he would kind of wrap it up and then go sit back down and then start another story. And then it would... And then we'd be going crazy up there. But it could just be his personality. I don't know. Yeah. Or it could be that's a true good formula for doing stand-up comedy. I don't know. Well, the, the personality component is really uh, something I've been trying to be more mindful about because I think even 
after seeing lots of lots of headliners lately, yeah, uh, it's uh, something I noticed between a difference between like the professional comics that have been at it for 20, 30 years, yeah, versus like the he- local headliners. Yeah, um, they're all very talented. Yeah, but I think one thing that's uh, I think is sort of like maybe a later stage. Yeah, really hard thing to build is uh, a consistent character. Yeah, uh, across your entire hour. Instead yes. of, I mean, when I look at my own material, uh, you know, maybe I, sh- I, I, w- I won't speak for other local comics in the yeah. scene, but at least for my own material, I, just, I have a lot of opinions mm-hmm. and I try to formulate a joke around my opinions. Yeah. But then when I put all my opinions next to each other, I'm like, well, who is this person? Uh, you know, am I... You're uh, going deep. Yeah. And I think that's this is, what... Um, this is almost a know thyself type thing when Shakespeare said that or, or be true to thine self or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Know that. Yeah. I might I th- be mixing up. I might be mixing up philosophers and Shakespeare. I don't know. There's some kind yeah. of saying. Well, about Shakespeare that. was just a pervert, so yeah, he was to <laughs> talk about him. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> Art thou? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I soiled thine <laughs> linen. <laughs> <laughs> Meeth too. It. How about a? <laughs> yeah, meeth too. Me. <laughs> and they probably didn't use a hashtag. They probably use a squiggly something. Honestly, uh, I like Shakespeare's. Uh, you know, I used to like Shakespeare, but after the whole thing with uh, his uh, newer work, I just, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His couldn't new do stuff. It. Couldn't no, do it anymore. No, no. You want and the old stuff. Yeah. he was just And he would show up to the concert and be like, I've been working on a new album. And Rob, <laughs> boo, give us the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, Montagues he, and Capulets. <laughs> I'm actually not, well, I've only read, uh, what's the big, what, Romeo? That I was him, right? Romeo, Romeo Juliet was yeah. him. And then Othello. Othello. I didn't even, I don't know Othello. I don't, I don't know Othello. But the way he almost like, I mean, when you think about it, how arrogant is it to create your own language? Because he really, or did he not, or was that actually how they spoke back then? I have no idea. Because like, I would try to read Shakespeare as it's, as he wrote it. And I'm like, this guy literally speaks in metaphors. Yeah. And you need to like, look up every metaphor. Yeah. To get it. I'm like, I'm not your, I'm not your bitch Shakespeare. (laughs) Dude, it's a heavy lift. I tell you what, you go to any uh, pre, anything before 1900, uh-huh. those reads are heavy lifts. Um, they were much more, um, uh, I don't know the word. I'm having a hard time well, it was with elegant. words today. They were way more elegant, right? In the it way was elegant they- and it was just wordy. You know, like, okay, let's take Dickens, for example. Dickens was literally paid by the word. Uh, yeah. That's how they paid writers. So when you read his stories, you go, God damn, you could have cut three quarters out of this and um <laughs> that business know, model didn't last right yeah no it didn't <laughs> last well and then another thing is if you look at how most books that have been written in the last um you know 20 years uh-huh. it's just everything is very concise especially for the american reader yeah um so a lot of the shenanigans in stretching things out it just it i don't think it'll sell right now there's a couple authors who's who's the guy who recently di- not recently he died maybe like 3 years ago um he was an american novelist and um he wrote very i mean like 2000 page novels um but people kind of the reason people they they think he, they pretty much everyone who knows anything about literature and i'm not one of these people um, say that this guy was pretty much a, a genius. He was yeah. up there at like Mark Twain level. But the reason people read him is almost just a badge of honor. And I, fuck, I um. He died a few years ago. What yeah. did he write? Yeah, fuck. 
dude, now I feel like a jackass because I brought something up with no context whatsoever. Um, hey, Jamie. <laughs> hey, Jamie. <laughs> well, that's we what I'm need doing. A, I, I was why don't Google. we automate Jamie's job? Jamie doesn't need a fucking job. Okay. Let's, hey, Google. <laughs> Let's pull a pin out of what I said about uh, things that are actually worthwhile. Okay. Because, so this podcast, so you talked about knowing yourself. Uh-huh. And, and having purpose with your act and, and having continuity through the act. Yeah. And I've been thinking about everything I'm doing in those terms. Like, why am I doing this? Right. The question of why I do things is a very difficult question. And so yeah. I go, what the fuck do I accomplish with these podcasts? Right. Obviously, I'm sitting down with my peers and just shooting the shit about whatever, um, which is good. But. And here's here's the word, the the big word that is gonna, you know, drive you up the ceiling. It's a Gary V word. But what value am I bringing by doing this podcast? And so then I got to think, well, fuck. Well, let's go down the rabbit hole. No, what value am I bringing by doing the job that I've been doing for the last twenty five years? I'm I'm uh, at a very broad level. I'm a technician, mm-hmm. so I fix things, mm-hmm. whether it software, hardware, whatever. That's what I've been doing my entire career. Um. Is what I've been fixing, bettering society or, or furthering the cause, whatever the cause may be. And what is the fucking cause? And so I look back, I look back at, I go, well, what makes, so they talk about Seinfeld being one of the greatest sitcoms of all times, right? Mm-hmm. It's about nothing. It's just a relation. It's just about the mechanics of a bunch of quirky people in New York bouncing around, right? Yeah. But really, what did it bring? Obviously, we laughed, but what fra- value did it bring? So that's what I... That's one of these questions that's been on my mind. What value am I bringing by doing all of this shit? But at a greater, even a greater question, bigger than me, is what value is any of this? Why do we have live streaming services for people who play video games? (laughs) Do you know how much Amazon paid for Twitch? A billion dollars. I should have known that. A B. Yeah. A billion dollars. And it's just kids playing video games so that other kids watch it. But if you talk about attention economy, like Twitch is huge in that uh, factors in huge to where it's uh, a juggernaut in the attention economy. So then it's value. But what is the true value? Kids getting better at building imaginary cities in Minecraft. I mean, there's also there's a lot of negatives, too. There's negatives. uh, Um. Am I am I um, bringing on an existential crisis right now, <laughs> <laughs> where none of us are doing anything worthwhile? You know, I, I, I w- break it down. We need water, we need food, and we need shelter. Uh huh. What else have we done as a species that's really good? <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to talk about dicks, Matthew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Should have dropped that off. Look, this interview's <laughs> over, man. <laughs> we're done. We're done. I have you seen uh, end stream. <laughs> And there's a great Keen Peel sketch. Okay. Have you seen it? Where uh, probably there's a uh, I well I've seen all of them. I love that. That's okay. one of my. I think those are like the most well done. Okay. Pro- you want to talk about value? Okay. They Keen Peel sketches yeah. are like the most valuable things. Okay. More valuable than fucking Apple. Yeah. The more valuable than the whole U.S. Um, account. Anyway. Yeah. But there's this anyway. There's this sketch where they, uh, they it's a parody of a real interview they do with a rapper. Okay. And they surprise the rapper about questions about his ex girlfriend. Okay. And he's like, he's like, I, I don't want to answer these questions, man. Yeah. Like, I can't answer these questions. And he like tries to pull off the lapel. Uh, and he spends like 20 minutes trying to get the lapel 
<laughs> off of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the interviewer uh, is just like, let me help you. And he's like, no, get the fuck you, man. Like, yeah, get yeah. Up, don't touch me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, um, I don't I, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. But going back, <laughs> it's funny. Going back to your, uh, Wait, your but question. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think we're done unpacking that. Was he not pulling it off because he still wanted to be there, or was he not pulling it off because technically it was hard to do? The the latter, like like literally, oh, they, they ran was, the lapel through his clothing, oh. and he was try, like couldn't he was trapped. figure out how yeah. to take the lapel off, uh, and he would walk try to walk away and drag the guy, <laughs> drive the uh, AV yeah, yeah. guy with him, yeah, the boom and, operator, and he's like, yo. <laughs> And um, but Key and Peele does this hilarious sketch where they so make that happened Venom. in real life. The interview happened in real life, and Key and Peele uh, okay. did a parody sketch. Was that on Vlad TV or something? The guy the, who interviews hip hop. The stars? real interview. I don't know who did it. Oh, okay. Um, but the the also the name of the rapper that they that the that Key and Peele calls oh, that is so funny. His oh. name or the, what they call the rapper is um, uh, Young Bidness. Okay, his name is And then yeah. the whole uh, sketch is literally the interviewer, and he's just saying, like, um, youthful commerce, please, please sit down. Just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the writing's so fucking good. It's so good. <laughs> youthful commerce, please sit down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, uh, <laughs> um, youth, uh, you know, different yeah. I- I- variations of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if there was a whole lot of, uh, well, the meaning of that sketch yeah. was that it was uh, they were they were making fun of the rapper yeah. that was asked a question that that, he didn't that, that pissed him off and he didn't want to answer it, so he just they uh, totally hyperbolized the rapper yeah. as this uh, braggadocious yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more than a normal rapper, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. hilarious, like yeah, to yeah. a hilarious level, right? And then the interviewer is like. They, they go the other way. Instead of the interviewer going angry, yeah. the interviewer's like so supportive. He's like, yes, please, please. Like, nice. Um, oh, in the real one, did the interviewer get angry? Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know if the real interview's on YouTube. I, I don't like media sabotaging um, people on their, on their thing. I think, so <clears throat> journalism, I guess they have some sort of... Um, quality assurance where they need to, you know, kind of get, get to the bottom of some deeper questions. But at the same token, I think sometimes they're sneaky, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can see them making people really uncomfortable. TMZ is a perfect example. Yeah. What's going on there? What a mess. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that it's, uh, especially, well, I guess interviews is kind of one, uh, item in the yeah. media bucket yeah and yeah, i yeah. think that yeah when inter- when when you get surprised with the question yeah well it, really i think the goal of an interview is to have a substantive conversation yes and I hopefully so. people if it's a if it's like a really big deal like if you're yeah. interviewing a politician yeah yeah maybe the public gets a better understanding of that politician's viewpoint yeah but if you surprise them with a question all you're gonna get is two talking heads yeah which yeah, is yeah. what we always see on the news it's yeah, like yeah. Well, those those claims are blah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't want to watch that. No. So that's why I don't like reporters surprising pe- yeah. people with questions. I do think it's very important for the media to um, investigate, yeah, yeah, um, and and get to the bottom of things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to surprise people with questions is just and then trap them really, with lavaliers. Yeah, and then trap them and then <laughs> and embarrass them on live TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think that guy embarrassed himself. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. He brought him on himself. Yeah, totally. 
<laughs> yeah, because he could he could have taken the fifth. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about that right now. Next question. Yeah. Actually, if you're ever if you're ever in the spotlight, how would you handle those awkward questions? Would you just play it off or answer it straight on, lean into it, as they say? Well, uh, you know, I think I've seen so much. I watch a lot of politics. Okay. I love watching the debates. I love, and I think one of the benef- one of the things I've gotten from listening to so much poli- poli- so many. Uh, I've seen politicians talk a lot mm. and I kind of, uh, I can code switch. I think I could code switch pretty easily if someone said like, okay. so Sean, like I saw you hit some guy on the way in, yeah. like you just ran over him and you just didn't even do yeah, anything. Like, yeah, can you, yeah. do you want to tell me about that? Yeah. Um, and I think I would just, uh, I think it'd be pretty easy to pull the whole like po- political yes. code, which is like, well, you know, um, that's an issue that uh, I continue to. That's an issue that I, uh, my team and I, you know, continue to work on on a daily basis. And I mean, it's a very important one. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, merit to both sides of the argument. I can break down what you just said. So that's very interesting because you said me and my team. No, no, you said my team is working on it. You know why that's important? Because it says that I don't stand alone. There are that's others who, who validate my rationale and decision making. Yeah. So if there's a person, see, already right there, if you have a team, you already are put up on a pedestal, right? Yeah. So even if it was just you thinking about something in the middle of the night, you say, oh, me and my team, it's like everyone goes, ooh, he's got a team. So right there, you've impressed, right? You know, on that, Matthew, you know, yeah. you know what I think is a dangerous phrase? What? An extremely dangerous phrase is we continue. Have you heard this? Pol- yeah. Like CEOs will say it. Okay. Politicians say it. Listen for it. Okay. In, in your life, okay. when someone says we continue, they're gonna bullshit you. Almost. Interesting. I, I I don't not all the time, yeah. but uh, it's it's usually marketing. It's usually a marketing statement. Okay. Like we continue to serve our global customer base. We continue to. I, do n- I am familiar with it's the, the it's a packaged yeah. version of me and my team. Yes. We, we establishes credibility for that person talking. But it's never the person. It's but it's not organization. me. It's the organization. Yeah. Uh, and it humanizes an otherwise yeah. evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mass <laughs> satanic <just> gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And continue. I, I've thought about it a lot. Continue mm. is also an interesting word because continue means that you've been doing it. Yeah. You are doing it and you're going to do it. Yeah. So you can't criticize like if it's like got if precedence, you, it has precedence yeah. and you can't criticize someone you're like, oh, well, why didn't you do this earlier? Oh, well, we, I said we're continuing to do it. <laughs> well, why aren't you doing something better right now? Well, look, I'm conti- what did I, I said we continue. Yeah. So it's the ultimate deflector, and it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it's, uh, that's, so if I was surprised with the question, that's what I would say. We continue. <laughs> we continue. Yeah, because then it's no longer me, the individual, mm-hmm. who hit that person. We, like, we continue to look into it. You said one other thing in that in your response. There was one other thing in your rebuttal. So you said we, you said me and the team. So that says um, you're doing it. And then you did one other thing that made it really. Um, see, I'm into this too, but I think I'm I'm into I'm into listening to these kind of things. First off, I don't watch much much news anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to, but I think it actually had a physiological uh, impact on me to where it was almost. It's traumatizing. <laughs> it's traumatized. Oh, you know what I. I don't like to throw around traumatizing loosely, but I think in a way it is. Because remember how I was going down that line of thinking there, like, oh, what what has any meaning? Like watching news, a guy who already thinks about these things on his own without any media input, 
then you add the meeting and go, oh, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Everything's good. I'm just going to go drink a six pack and go to sleep now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, uh, and, but not to mention, I think there was a lot of fear and anxiety when I watched a lot of news that I just carried with me around all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when I stopped watching, I don't have it. Now, the criticism, um, the criticism of my, the way I do things is that people say you're like an ostrich putting your head in the sand. I can see that. But you know what? At the same token, I'm really busy with a lot of other shit, right? That mm-hmm. kind of takes my attention. Even just like going to work and driving the kids around and trying to, we're doing this comedy thing now, you know? Like there's a lot of things that are that happen that I need to keep my focus on that I think if I were to spend that time um, watching news, I don't think I would be better informed. I think I would be more anxious. So actually, let me ask you that question. When you watch news, is it more like you're watching a chess match or do you get emotionally intertwined with talking points? Because I know you have a very, um, you, you're satire. You have a lot of satire to say about current events and things. And I, I read your posts and I like them all because it's very, um, you know, you're poking fun at a lot of things, a lot of tropes that are out there that are pretty nonsensical. Um, do you ever feel that you are personally, I guess, caught up in some of these political arguments? Well, that's a big question. I uh, I think it depends on the issue. Okay. <clears throat> um, Abortion now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, here, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> See, I actually have a very radical stance on abortion. I'm oh, just kidding. Ooh. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> well, maybe it is. Depends on the person, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so when I read the news, I, I try to read it. I try to read multiple news sources. Yeah. To try and uh, yeah get the most objective center. Yeah. Uh, because I think that all you know all all news every single news organization's bias yes. just by default. Um, there's, and, uh, so I, I try to read multiple news sources so I can get in a, like a better understanding of like an actual story as yeah. opposed to just reading one. And re- if you read even the same journalist yeah, oh, that writes on politics for CNN, if you, there's like a team of people that do that. And if yeah. you just read their, their copy, we continue then, to write good articles. Right. <laughs> so I try to change it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some news stories that really hit me emotionally like i was in kindergarten when 9-11 happened yeah. but i'm sure if i woke up and i read the 9-11 yeah. story in the paper i'd be like very emotionally attached to that yeah. but most of the news um no i'm not i'm pretty uh i uh, i read it to stay informed but do you think i have a conspiratorial slant <clears throat> when i do watch news do you think that a lot of um meaningless stories get pushed to the top to suppress the most important stories? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think here, here's actually something um, kind of a tangent, but uh, I went to, um, I took an online uh, class okay. with uh, like at um, Harvard. Anyone can get into it. Literally yeah. anyone can get into it yeah, if you yeah, applied. Yeah. But anyway, it ended with like a visit to the campus. Oh, so nice. I got to go to Harvard Business School and I stayed with this guy yeah. um, who was just about to be a U.S. diplomat okay. to China. And he said to me, uh, I was at, I I wanted to ask this guy, like, this guy's like, holy shit, dude, you, like, yeah. that's a cool job. Like, right, that's right. really crazy. And I just, I asked him, like, what sort of advice do you have for me uh-huh. in general? And he said, always think about incentives. Okay. 
So if you think about the incentives of media corporations, well, the the only incentive they have is to create value for their shareholders. That's it. And profit for their shareholders. Doesn't matter what widget they push out on us. Exactly. All they, all they need to do is make sure that widget has a big enough margin to increase shareholder. And and it's not even just big enough. It's maximize. Maximize. It's optimize. So with to an exploitive extent. Yeah, I would say so. And 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 the reason and and if you think about uh, well, what does that do to the to the media that's produced and that we consume? Yeah. Um, it's not uh, it's not coming from an organization. Yeah. That cares about that. Sure. So here's what I say. Here's what I think. I think the number one priority of any media organization is to create profit, the most profit possible. You're right. It's the, always been a private. And industry. the next yes. most important thing that a media organization does in order to maximize their profit is create a new story that's just objective enough mm. for them to continue operating the corporation yes that's that's how i think about it but it's almost like it can't be objective to the point of mundane it has to be objective sensational right so it can't be uh oh today there was a hurricane and this many people were affected and it's going to continue for the next whatever week it has to be some dude being blown like oh and today yeah. and, you know <laughs> like the thing like an umbrella stabs him in the yeah. neck. <laughs> yeah, it has to be really, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but very sensational so that people will stay tuned so that they get that next commercial. Yeah. And then they make money off of that next commercial. So has, so has there ever been objective media, in your opinion, in the history of the world? Like maybe communist media was objective <sighs> because they, they had no capitalist interests. It's great you mentioned that. And this is actually a question I've asked myself a lot. I okay. actually wanted to do a bit about this. Oh, nice. Because if you think about it, uh -huh. you have you have corporations. Yeah. Uh, and you have the government. Yes. And you ask, you ask yourself, like, say you were God. Okay. Or you're like, I get to choose who creates news. Yeah. Like, I get to choose the entity that creates news. Well, am I going to choose the government? Am I going to choose the corporations? If I choose to have a capitalistic society, am I going to choose both, mm. or am I going to not have news? There's not really. There's kind of. It's kind of a lose lose, because I think that if you have, uh, if you look at it somewhat something like China, the yeah. the PRC, they uh, they have state. I mean, I I think that's propaganda. You know, I think I state think state run news. Uh, if you look at anything like, uh, if you put out a story about Xi Jinping, you know, yeah. he's probably listening right now. He's probably just because you up, said his name. Because I said his name. Yeah. Hi, Xi Jinping. Hey, uh, yeah, go ahead and click uh, like on yeah. the uh, Hit like feed. and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Xi Jinping or his uh, his hackers or his, his goons. Yeah. Now I don't want to say his goons because he's a guy. Who, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. want to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> not but by the hands of a, uh, some uh, communist agent. But I'm not you know totally okay. against uh, China. I'm just saying like with a both have their own problems. Yes. And they're they both have extremely big problems. Yes. With the government controlling the media, well now you've you've eliminated the check on the gov like cuz I think in America media is a check of power on it's a balance of power against the government. And it should be the corporations also. Mm -hmm. Unless it's its own corporation, right? Yeah. CNN so will, CNN will never check CNN. Like we had shitty reporting, <laughs> right? So if, if there's a monopoly, then yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have a check on itself. But yeah. with competition, yeah, 
all the media organizations will be checking the yes. government, yeah. uh, the the economy, and then yeah. also the other news organizations. Right. right. Um, but I, uh, but obviously, there's so many arguments against that, which is collusion. Yeah. Uh, sensationalism being driven by profit. So there's, um, I think it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. I mean, I really, unless you can think of a third entity that would create news. I, or do we even need news? That's the third option to me. Um, well, you need information. You need data sets. And yeah. news is just you need to be informed thing. voter if it's a democracy. Yeah, but I, so the thing is, is, I think so much, so you use the word objective, and I think that's really important. That's the word you got to kind of pivot on and, and, and think about because how much of news since the beginning of time has been an objective reporting of what's happening, how much has been a subjective opinion. They even call them op-ed. Zero. <laughs> op-ed, that's opinion. Yeah. Right? That's short for opinion, what, edition or something? Editorial, I think. A- opinion editorial, right? So really, when you look at a 24-hour news cycle, 99.9% of that is op-ed. And then you got the news yeah. in there. <laughs> and some comedian's already doing a bit about that. I forget who. Um, but someone already talks about it like, oh, you know what? Norm MacDonald had a bit about it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like it used to be in the news. You got 30 minutes of news at 6 and 30 minutes <coughs> at 11. Right? And in that hour of the day, you got all the news. And now we have seven channels giving us 24 hours of news and I forget exactly how the bit goes but ultimately like there's a lot of fluff in there it's all the opinion um and so the opinion is where that manipulates things in the favor of the power players whether it be a government or an organization um so what the question always comes back to me is it's an economic system is there a way to break out of the current economic system where um you have this, it's, uh, um, what's it called, zero-sum game, I feel like, where someone has to win and someone has to lose. Is there any other economic system out there or being thought about that is more beneficial to everyone and there's almost a regulatory effect built into it? Um, Because ultimately that's what it is. There's no cap on how rich you can get. And so when we talked about that widget having margins, it's like, fuck, I want to get the margins as big as possible on this, whatever it may be. Um, and so then, okay, well, where can we have it built the, the cheapest? Okay, China. And so what China is, China is a, just the biggest capitalist engine ever built behind the guise of communism. But ultimately, you know, and I don't think I'm using this too harshly, they have, if not slave labor, chief slave labor available. It's to slave them. labor. Yeah, they have... <coughs> uh, indentured ser- servitude, whatever. I think their work. They live in the factories. They live in it's factories. Indentured yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have six day work week, twelve hour day. So I think they yeah. get one day, and a lot of them don't see their kids. So anyway, it's um, a choice, but it's not really a choice. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. So, but then I got a garage full of shit made there, right? Including the thing we're live streaming on. Yeah, probably which, all this technology. Oh, all of this technology. So it's kind of like we're suckling upon the teat of that. But is there another system out there? And I always go back. I wasn't a big Star Trek fan, but, you know, one of the things in Star Trek is they didn't use money. So how do you motivate a person day in and day out to do a task without ever having any kind of currency for the outcome? That's where things get kind of interesting. Because I don't think people think about that. Is there a way to intrinsically motivate a person to do a task? I think a remedial task, no. I don't think there's any way a remedial task can ever be 
expected out of a person without an incentive behind it. But I don't know if you're doing just fucking around, doing podcasts, playing guitars, getting on stage, joking. I think people will do that of their own free will until they're tired and then they'll do something else. Mm -hmm. So what kept Scotty coming back to the engine room on the Enterprise? That's what I've always wondered. <laughs> what is that economic system? I mean, that's a great question. If you think about um, why, why does money... So it, it's a, it's, this is actually a very... It's just, I think this is a very good, deep, philosophical question, right? Yeah. By the way, this um, is a comedy podcast, friends. <laughs> we are doing a po it's comedy podcast. It's the worst podcast. comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah no, it yeah. is. Or three punches. <laughs> no, you know, I think the best comedy podcast, they don't try three to be punches. funny. Uh, if you're in a comedy podcast and yeah. every other line is like, boing, 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 or like, <laughs> fuck you, you're not a real comedy because it has to be natural. You can't just like. Well, I think yeah, I think you can't force it. You can't force it. I think it's two different things. It's uh, a po uh, a comedian is to get on stage and then punch hard as quickly as possible. And I think a podcaster is to just keep talking about something that they find interesting. Yeah. So I think it's two so different. I totally sets. agree. Yeah. But but going back to your point, right? So this question, right? Like, I think it's really, but what uh, behind what you. Worse, with the question you posed is yeah. this, I think it's this philosophical question, which is, um, are humans inherently competitive? And the reason I think that that's what you're getting at with your question is, <clears throat> is uh, if you think about why are we motivated by money? Well, I need money to survive. That's my only motivation. And if I didn't need money yeah. to survive, then I wouldn't be compelled no. to get a job. Never. So, so, so in that scenario, but I would be compelled to do something, right? So I'd be compelled. You'd be compelled to, uh, hopefully pursue uh, a passion or whatever That's you what feel. One hundred percent. And I think the the uh, and this, you may disagree with this. I think an unfortunate. Uh, well, I don't know. I I I don't know one hundred percent, but just uh, intuitively, mm. I think the unfortunate reality is that the. Um, products and services that everyone needs to live mm -hmm. uh, is uh, will not be the result of everyone pursuing a passion. Dicking around. Right. Or I mean, even, but if you think about like entrepreneurs, yeah. the most successful entrepreneurs, I think, were just pursuing their passions. Yeah, 100%. And, and you look at Steve Jobs, he, yes. I don't think any entrepreneur gets up in the morning and starts a business. Yeah. Um, because, well, Okay, I don't, I don't want to say all entrepreneurs, but I think the most successful entrepreneurs, the ones that really change the world, yeah. are not motivated by money. They get really wealthy, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's really the motivating factor behind no, what they no, do. No. So that's an example of someone that pursues their passion and provides value for the world. So I get it's uh, it's tough because it's like, could you still have people? But and on the total, on the flip side, by the way, just as a background, I, I kind of my. I believe in regulated capitalism yeah. is kind of what I think is the best. How much regulation? I don't know. That's yeah. where I'm still iffy about. But wouldn't it be on the flip side, and this is more of like a socialist point of view, is like wouldn't it be beautiful if everyone could harness their imaginations in the f to the fullest? Yeah. And we could all live and and prosper and uh, in, an, in, a, in a way that is uh, no one's starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, no, me too. I think uh, that's a lot of ideas, but <laughs> yeah, no, they're all ideas. <clears throat> but I, I, I've definitely had those soul grinding gigs before. 
we just go, fuck, if I, it's not even about money, like even, even the house, I just need health insurance, right? right? If I could just not have to worry about if I fall off my roof, mm-hmm. do, do they just have to roll me in the ditch because I can't afford to pay <laughs> to mend my bones, right? Like even just take you in the backyard, stick, <laughs> dig a ditch, make you look dig into dig the in pond. Hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make, make you see that, Matthew? Yeah. There's the comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burr, <laughs> Bill Burr, is that you? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yes. Splash. <laughs> blub, 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 yeah. blub, blub. You shouldn't have killed all those comedians, Matthew. Yeah. You shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those your big hands. <laughs> yeah. Good old mice and man. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> No, so yeah, I think that the it's I go to work more out of fear than I go to work out of passion most days. That's not to say I don't love projects I've been on. I've I wouldn't have been doing this as long as I've been doing it if I didn't get a kick out of some of the things I do. Right. But I go stretches, stretches months where I go, oh, fuck, I just got I need I need insurance. I need yeah. the money to pay the mortgage, so on and so forth. Um but uh, yeah, and I. Um, but generally, I think I think I got a little mouse here on the other side of the door. Oh, my kid is fucking around oh. behind us. <laughs> um, <coughs> Should we bring him in? No, 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 <laughs> no, no yeah. It's okay. um, but yeah, so I think that. But t- to your point, um, I, I want to share something with you that I saw one time on social media. This was years ago, and I've always had a policy. If I read a post that irks me, I, I got to keep going past it. Like I don't do replies because there's talk about no value. Getting suckered in to an opinion battle on social media is like as far as waste of time go. That's the biggest. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like it, okay, watching TMZ. We mentioned TMZ. Watching TMZ is right here. Waste of time. Getting into an opinion battle on a social media site. Uh-huh. With someone is like up here, right? So yeah. I would never say anything. <laughs> but there was a guy who, for whatever reason, I, I I know how I know him, but we were connected on on Facebook, and he was a, I guess what we call now multi layer marketing fanatic. Uh huh. Oh my god. He was into pyramid schemes, yeah. so he was selling vitamins. Yeah, of course, <laughs> as they all are, or and trying to hire you. Yes, and trying to give you a huge opportunity, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he put up a picture one time. <laughs> Of uh, a traffic jam, just the tr- typical L.A. traffic jam of just cars sitting there, a sea of cars as far as I can see. And then the meme across it was, these are all people who are critical of multi-layer marketing or whatever you call <laughs> it, multi-level marketing. Or no like way. That. Yeah, yeah. And then my reply was, but of course I didn't oh, do it. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> a bait. I would have... I would have. Dude, it took a lot of willpower. I oh said, those are God. also the people going to man the x-ray machines and work in emergency rooms and build buildings and fix cars yeah. and do everything that doesn't re- rely on selling Good vitamins or toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> toilet paper, you know. So I agree with you. There are some repetitive tasks that just need to be done over and over and the reality is the only way people get good at those is to stick with that task for years, sometimes decades. Right. Yeah. So you talk about lawyers, the proficiencies of lawyers coming out of law school versus being in the gig for 50 years. You talk about proficiencies of surgeons, doc, like these things take the time. Comedians. A another lifetime. example. 10,000 hours. Yeah. It takes a 20, lifetime hours. to get proficient at something. So you can't just walk away from it. And I think that's where 
you, I look at money and I say, right now, I don't have a better answer. Money is what incentivizes people to do something, even when they go, I want to give up. Because sometimes some tasks you just can't give up on. You just got to keep going. Um, but I've always, that thing with Star Trek has always kind of been in the back of my head. I know it's sci-fi, but I always wonder, is there an economic system that rewards incentive, uh, are rewards that internal incentive to do something? Like maybe Scotty, maybe he could have left the engine room. Maybe the option was there. And so he never felt he had to take it. Or maybe we just never saw the episodes where Scotty walked away for five years, a uh-huh. five year stint <laughs> and lived and on some beach planet, Yeah, you know? <laughs> And maybe that's all he needed to recharge his batteries. And he's like, fuck all this coconut juice. I'm going back to the Enterprise, you know? <laughs> I got a job to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of doing space drugs or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> all that space marijuana. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a... Uh, so there, you know, if, if t- you talk about other economic systems, I think that if there's a... Uh, I think really what it comes down to is which... Which services um, are uh, provided by the government? Mm-hmm. And I think because really it's, and you mentioned it yourself, right? The one of the reasons people go to work, mm-hmm. the main reasons is to get the uh, health benefits, yes. right? All these things that you really need. Yeah. It's, m- it's more like a baseline. It's, you know, yes. like the hierarchy of needs, right? You have yes. like food, sleep, water. Yeah. And it's pretty low. It's pretty required yeah, yeah. on the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. And, if you don't go to your work, go to work. Guess what? You don't get all the sweet stuff up here because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. dead or yeah, you could yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. So that People if are that's walking what, over to the pond, right? So if there's a syst- if there's a system where instead of um, being instead of being forced to go to work mm. because you need those services, they're provided for you for free. Right. Like if we had uh, you know universal health care, yeah. Um, maybe food. Maybe the gut, perhaps shelter that would, I think that would slide more on this, you know, if we talk about like capital, like unregulated capitalism on one end and then socialism on the other or communism on the other, I think sliding towards communism where more services are provided by the government would enables people to have additional time to, uh, to pursue their passion and not have to worry. Like if the government gave you your healthcare and your, and your food and all this stuff, yeah. you could pursue your passion. But the question is, um, well, if there's no, um, so if there's no core, if there's, if the government's providing all this stuff for you, right. Yeah. If they provide food to you, well then you need a, an organization that's, yeah. a, that's, uh, controlled by the government that produces food yeah. and people need to work there and produce the food. Yep. And maybe that's you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden it's like, well, um, now we still need these people to produce yeah. these products. And the question is like, is it a, is, um, which services should be produced in a competitive environment by yeah. corporations or, un, or by the government, by yes. people employed by the government? Yeah. Um, and I think either, it's almost, I think either way, it's like, it needs to be provided. And yeah. it's, um, I think, um, I certainly think that there are like, um, in general, right. I, th- I think that there are, uh, certain services that I think should just be like, I believe in universal healthcare for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think healthcare is a right. I think, um, you know, I think I, I view if United States ever gets universal healthcare, 
it'll probably be, I don't know, for me, this is the way I'm viewing it, subjective. This is my op-ed. It'll be on par with when the Berlin Wall fell. Because yeah. it's so earth-shattering. I mean, the insurance game, It's I'm dealing with it right now. I'm, I'm covered, but there's like these bills that I'm getting that I'm having to do. And I'm, I'm getting caught in a, in a it's loop. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. I'm getting caught in these loops. And I told my um, the, the lady, the HR, I feel like I need a PhD in insurance. Because trying to get straight answers on certain things, it's just You're insane. paying for bureaucracy. You're paying for the bu- bureaucracy at levels far beyond our government could ever be. Yeah. You know, and and um, what was I going to say? So even though I'm covered, I feel like I'm not covered because I'm spending a lot of my own time trying to navigate this system to make sure money is flowing to the right places. Otherwise, it's all out-of-pocket stuff, right? Yeah. So anyway, or worse, I'm, uh, or catch worse. you. Yeah. You know. So I'm I'm under stress with this stuff right now um, as we speak. But I think uh, this is a this is a small problem compared to guy, the guy who hasn't been able to get a job for five to ten years and has a tumor growing in him. Yeah. Right? Like that's just literally he's gonna die. And yeah. so I think that's a huge uh, historical moment for the United States if we could say that everyone who here who's a citizen who's either paid taxes or will pay taxes will somehow be covered um, by, by medical. We'll get medical if they need it. And <coughs> I don't know, again, I'm, I'm conspiracy-minded. We've got, the United States spends a lot of fucking money on stupid shit. Oh, my God. Including a lot of wars, and I won't even get into that stuff. Uh, but, you know, there's tr- probably trillions of dollars being funneled into things that benefit maybe 100 people, right? Yeah. If that. And to not be able to just say, yeah, you know, Johnny can get stitches when he falls off his skateboard and his parents don't have money. Like, that's a big deal. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see that because I, I don't even know that it's our government. I think it might be the lobbyist or insurance companies or so- someone's making us feel like we need this system in place. And I, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, the thing, I mean, especially with, with healthcare, there's, I wouldn't even, I mean, I do think com- competition has some advantages, mm-hmm. but healthcare is not. The insurance business is not competitive. Yeah, it's it's a it's a small it's two or three companies uh, that uh, game the system. They do they work in conjunction. Yeah, they they collude with each other. As do the pharmacy company companies and the device company. It's all yeah, they're all suckling from one big something. I don't know what it is. It's all uh, ultimately it's all us. We all pay for it. Mm-hmm. We either don't get it and we're left out in the cold or. We pay out the ass one way or the other, right? If you don't have a job, you're paying gobs of money. If you do have a job, you, you're at the mercy of whatever your HR department yeah. decided to go <laughs> with. And then, you know, you're hopefully you have something that's somewhat good if bad times hit. Um, can, I wanted to move on to one other point because yeah. we're getting close to an hour. Okay. Oh, shit. We're at an hour. Oh, yeah. You've been watching. So you watch news. What's your opinion about the presidential race, race in 2020? What's it looking like? Because I haven't I th- been paying attention. Yeah. I don't know who the competition is. Well, I think one thing's for sure, it's going to be Trump oh. for the Republican. Oh. Or no, tr- on the Republican in the oh, primaries. Okay, right, oh, of course. In the primaries. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you don't think he's going to get impeached? or? Well, even if he does, uh. he can run again. Oh, that's right. Which I guess the cons- the guy, the uh, the founding fathers kind yeah. of fucked that one up. Loophole. <laughs> um, life hack. Yeah, yeah. The li- life hack. When you get impeached, <laughs> just run again. It's really... 
don't uh, let him. I mean, I feel like if if I was him, uh, I'd just be like, I resign or like I'd okay, maybe I wouldn't resign, but like if I get impeached, I mean, if I were him, I wouldn't even be worrying about it uh, because if I get impeached, yeah, I can just run again, and okay. and there's really, um, sure it might hurt the campaign to have it's yeah, a stain, yeah. um, but on the on the democratic's on the democrat side, I think it's uh, it's anyone's game at this point. Okay, I mean even uh. I mean, you, you you got you know you got Biden and Warren, yeah, uh, le- kind of leading in the polls lately. Okay, uh, and obviously, and Biden, I think for a long time was sort of the front runner. Okay, but I think that Warren has a pretty good shot. Okay, at, at uprooting it because I think, um, at least I think a lot of a lot of Democrats I think are are tired of. Uh, uh, I don't want to say it's nepotism. Yeah, but I mean the Clintons have it's a they're a p- political family. Yeah, the Clintons are a political family, and uh, I think a lot of people just want to see new blood. Yeah, um, which is good for Warren. Yeah, I and, uh, Bi- and Biden is associated with that family. Then oh, mm-hmm. maybe okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, my bad. I brain fart there. Huh? I didn't. I thought by no, nah, my bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joe Biden's not a Clinton. No, he's not a Clinton. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, but he, Joe, but Joe Biden's been in politics for a long time. So, oh no, I'm sure he's somehow associated. No, because um, well, no, what I I think you were right because there are people within the Democratic Party who are basically their lapdogs, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my question: Is he a lapdog of the Clintons, or meaning they just pet him and say, "Oh, do this"? Well, I think it's maybe from the same era, so yeah. that might kind of. What happened to Sanders? Is Bernie Sanders still? Yeah, I think he's still running as well. Okay. Um, Democratic, right? Yeah, I think he's actually, I think he's third or fourth in the polls. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but uh, there's but it's a pretty uh, it's a it's a huge race. Okay. There's like still like a lot. I think this is the most candidates that are still in the race. Okay. Um, since uh, it's been a ever. it's a not ever. I think it's maybe like a long time because it feels like it's right around the corner. Yeah. And since I don't pay attention, I just really don't know who's out there crushing it. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are going to start dropping. Um, okay. It's, but uh. I mean, one thing that I uh, actually learned a lot more about listening to podcasts, listening to like Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew okay. Yang talk on Joe Rogan's podcast, was that uh, the polls uh, really determine whether or not you stay in the race. Uh, because if you're not polling at a certain percentage, you're wasting money. Um, you don't get on the stage to debate. And if done. you don't get on the debate stage, <laughs> you're done. Yeah. Because that debate stage is worth million like tens of millions of dollars of marketing budget that you get for free yeah because you you pulled high enough yeah now you get on the debate stage because you're what the those polls legitimize campaigns yeah and they also delegitimize campaigns okay um so i think we'll see a lot of people start to drop off as soon as uh um as the um you know primaries get closer um i'd love to see uh, I'm Yang Gang 2020. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see. I saw someone Andrew wearing Yang. his T-shirt um, a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, I to be totally honest with you, I've been really disappointed about his performance in the debates. Okay. Really disappointed, and he he also he's also like a debate champion from oh. co- college. Oh. He said that on Twitter. He's like, just so you guys know, like I'm a debate champ. Oh no. He tooted his horn um, before the before yeah. the fight. Oh, that's never a good sign. And some some people will say to that, they'd say, Oh well Sean, they, the media doesn't give Andrew Yang a chance to talk. Okay. Um but I really do think that with those de- with those debates, um it's not like sure it's not fair. Yeah. But 
if you look at uh, just like in comedy, right? Yeah. Co- comedy competitions are not fair. Yeah. There's there's no there's they're not they're not fair. Yeah. yeah. But if you're funny, if you're if you're fucking hilarious, right? You'll get in first or second. Yeah. I believe that. Okay. I don't think it's rigged that badly. Right. Right. If you get Maybe it's it's rigged to the point where like if you were gonna get fifth, instead you got eighth. Right. But if um, you crush the room, and everyone knows you crush the room, you're probably gonna end up. You're probably getting a podium finish, even if you were crushing other people's yeah. audience that they brought. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that um, I think Yang needs to be more aggressive. I want to see him interrupt people. Okay. I want to just see him jump in there. Yeah. Because he's really not doing that. He's not asserting himself. Yeah. That's my great ideas, but do you think uh, so? Then we get to twenty twenty. I guess it's too hard to tell right now to see if the uh, challenger will be able to dethrone the incumbent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Well, what's so cool I think about the last few years is like how much media has proliferated the U.S. and like I think, I think what I I want to be surprised that like the Midwest mm-hmm. and the South. I, I'm, I'll, I think people are going to be surprised at how much they've learned and how much information they've absorbed over the last few years. Mm. So, I, but I, at the end of the day, I still, I, I think it's anyone's race at this point. Is it? Okay. Um, but if you look at like, but I don't, if you look at the data, right, like markets are at all time highs. Yeah. But that doesn't really impact the lower middle class. The lower middle class, they don't own yes. stock. Yeah, they don't really, have 401ks. Yeah, there's a lot of people who... They don't care. I think there's more people left out in the cold right now. At least in California, I feel that. Because, you know, we have the homeless crisis. Yeah. And, like, you can't go anywhere. I mean, you can be in Cupertino and people are panhandling. It's I like know. Per, per capita, that's probably one of the richest places. I was out there this in, morning. Doing yeah. It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. In, in the United States, I think Cupertino is probably one of the richest places, right? Yeah. Mount Manhattan, there's... I don't know, wherever else. Um, and there's just homeless people out and about. So I think there are a lot of people left out right now. Um, but th- that that doesn't mean those people won't vote against Trump. Yeah. That just means that they're out in the cold. Maybe they don't know how to assign blame. So they vote for whoever they think scratches their back. Mm-hmm. Um, which he seems to have a knack for making people think. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's pop it's populism. Yeah. Right. And I think, well, uh, well, one thing I'm I'm actually uh, kind of worried about is like a recession. Oh yeah, I feel like that's got to be coming soon. It's been since oh nine or ten that we've been going strong, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually, uh, have you heard of Ray Dalio? You heard of that guy? No. So he's um he founded Bridgewater Associates. Okay. Um, which is um they're w- one of the most successful hedge funds of all time. Yeah. And he wrote this book called uh, um, Understanding Big Debt Crises. Okay. And a uh, really good book about kind of outlines like it looks throughout all of history. It's no Shakespeare. It's no Shakespeare. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's yeah. very um yeah. cerebral. Yeah. yeah. Um and uh. It, it talks about like it looks at different market crashes, okay, and it says what's similar between all these market crashes, yeah. and what I think is super terrifying about today is um, if you if you use Ray Dalio's framework, okay, there's three uh, tools uh-huh. 
in that a capitalist government can use to stimulate the economy. Okay. There's three tools. The first is you can cut a corporate tax rate. Okay. So we've cut the corporate tax rate to 21%. It's pretty low okay. by historical standards. Okay. Um, so we've kind of already pulled that lever. Lever number two is uh, you can print money. Oh, and, yes. uh Or what's called... Every bank is doing that. Yeah, QE, quantitative yes. easing. Yes. So we've done that Yes. three or... We pulled that lever really hard. We and we broke that lever, and not just um, not just in the United States too. The global bank also right has been doing that. Yeah, uh, what's it called? World Bank or something like that. Um, yeah, it's not the World Bank. It's um, it's uh, this international, the ECB. No, it's the European Central Bank. Uh, anyway, I forget. That everyone's doing it. Yeah, everyone's everyone's money. doing it. Yeah. Um. And then uh, the third thing is, um, well, it's kind of, actually, I don't, rem- I don't remember the third lever. Okay. But we've already, but um, I think we've already pulled, like we've pulled, we've okay. pretty much done everything we can to stimulate the economy. Okay. Um, so I think that. Uh, There's no, nothing else to stimulate. So it either has to be, it either has to be red hot. Oh, you can cut rates. You can cut interest rates. That's the last lever. Oh, they're so low. So we're at, we've been at 0% interest yes. rates for yes. like eight years, yes. nine years. Yeah. So like when things, when the economy naturally starts to slow down, there's no parachute. It's here's the analogy I like to make. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like if you were in a, uh, on the moon Yeah. and like you had like some spare oxygen uh, and you're jumping around and you like your spacesuit hits a rock and it starts to have a hole. Yeah. But you used all your oxygen on like whippets, <laughs> like yeah. got high on all these, on your oxygen. You're yes. like, and you're just like, <gasps> that's what the economy is going to be doing, oh, no. which I'm horrified for. Interesting. Yeah. Which could impact the election. Sorry, that was a roundabout, but it could. Yeah, no, the, no, no. That's great. That's fascinating to think about. And um, maybe it'll just push us into the Star, Tre- Star Trek economic model <laughs> sooner. <laughs> I'm or sorry. nuclear war. Or nuclear <laughs> war. I keep coming back to that for some reason. Yeah. No, but that will be interesting. That'll be a global catastrophe, right? Because, you know, s- say what you will about China, they need us and we need them. If we want to continue to be a materialist mm-hmm. society, um, that basically everything we do is based on buying more junk. Yeah. Because they can make the junk. Um, so, yeah, if no one has money to buy the junk, then what are they doing anymore? Uh, so yeah, interesting stuff. Comedy. Yay. <laughs> sorry. Was this supposed to be framed about comedy? No, no, I'm no. Sorry, I yeah. don't, you know, that's, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I know you're going to be starting a podcast. So I, I tend to go into a couple different, when I podcast, it's like, there's a couple things I want to talk about, but after that, it's all just chit chat. And so I, I never have an agenda to your point about a comedy podcast. People get in, getting on and trying to be funny. I think Joe List and Mark Norman are great at that. Yeah. But guess what? They're both comedians who've been doing it longer than a decade, and they've been doing their podcast together for five years every week. Yeah. So you do the math on that, 52 times five, that's however many hundreds of episodes that all they do is riff on funny things. And literally, they just riff on, they make funny words about their day, right? Yeah. So if you get, if you have someone you're podcasting with every week for five years, I think you can be really funny. But if it's just you wanting to have a conversation with someone else, to put the pressure on either yourself or someone else to be slapstick, I think it's not only um, difficult, but it's almost kind of rude. Yeah. You know? So when I first started the podcast, I would literally tell the people, 
like the first 10 or 15 guests I had, like, hey, you don't have to be funny. I just, I just want to talk. Oh, I and thought you were going to say, you better be fucking funny. No, no, no. I mean, no, 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 that was the example. <laughs> well, because, number one, I didn't have any confidence in myself being funny. Uh-huh. Right? And I go, well, I just want to podcast and talk with you about... I, I like talking about comedy. We talked about comedy yeah. at the top of the thing, but then you just meander into whatever. Um, and so... But I don't know if that's the right thing to be doing in podcast, but I don't know that there is a right thing. Like, fuck it. I'm having conversations totally. with interesting people. That's what I'm doing with this podcast. So, And that's... See, that's that's a really good idea. I mean, I think or that's a great just concept is having a conversation with an interesting person. Yeah. You know, sorry, I'm going to jack myself. Yeah. Off. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, or just in general, right? Like because um, I think people want to hear conversations. Uh, they want to hear new so. things. Yeah. They're yeah. hungry for new ideas. Yeah, um, yeah. And they can also be funny. I think right. it, I mean, I think part of comedy, so much of comedy is being skeptical. Yes. And that skepticism is great for like looking like a value, like analyzing the world. Yeah. Or just philosophy. Literally anything. I mean, we went through so many topics today. That's so. what I wanted to talk with you about. But let's table that for another one. Because I wanted to talk with you about making the rant funny. Because okay. so much of comedy is a rant. But it's hilarious. And with me is I've kind of... I, I don't know what it is. It's just a personality trait or a uh, cultural thing. But like I've always thought rant is rude. Don't rant at uh-huh. people, to yourself, anyone else. Because... It's uh, it's not constructive. You're not yeah. helping anyone. But so much of comedy is rants, but they're silly. So I, I wanted to get your point on that. Um, but you know what? Let's save that for another one. Cool. Um, Do we get any messages? Uh, Norm Macdonald, the news bit, so good. Oh, CV, I saw that. I do anything. I love this podcast. Yes. Wow, Vias, thanks. Acceptance of the current's behavior. Wow, v- Vias. Wow, did he listen to the whole thing? No. Well, he hit on a number of points here. We totally missed him. <laughs> oh, man. I'm an asshole. There was actually 14 comments in here. Really? Wait, how do I even read the comments? Was that it? Maybe they uh, don't show up after a while. This is so behind. Look how behind this is. This is literally... Wow, that's... <laughs> oh, it's like that's like 30 seconds, right? Oh, I you know I had a disassociation moment where I didn't realize that I was. Wait, no, no, this is really far behind, Sean. Really far behind. Um. Damn. But anyway, well, let's look over here at this dashboard. Yeah, let's see if we get any other. Do we get another? Oh, messages? two. We still got two on Facebook. Two on Facebook. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, ah, that's two fans, dude. You know what, Cody? No. Cody can <laughs> Cody, Cody don't fuck dude, himself. I we are gonna <laughs> kick you in the nuts so hard. Cody was our first fan and our first hater. <laughs> our first hater, dude. <laughs> that means we're gonna be, dude. Gary V told me. Oh, what did Gary V tell you? He, that we had, a, we should have had a Gary V moment. What did he tell you? He told me that this, the more haters you have, the more successful you'll be. So we're on our way. Cody, bring a friend. Yeah, next Cody, time. why don't you bring on your hater friends? <laughs> I'll come. Come over to SF, tell your shit Mike's. Oh, that was rude. I love Mike's in SF. Yeah, I like I like SF Mike's too. We love you. No, um, but uh what was I gonna say? You know what Gary V told me? What? Saturate media. I think we've achieved that. <laughs> yeah, too. we did. I wonder if Instagram is still kicking or if my phone I bet my phone died. You my think phone so? probably died. Well, live streaming takes a lot of battery power. A ton right? of battery. I don't think it made it an hour and fifteen minutes. No way. No. So yeah. um well let's let's wrap this bitch up. All right. Friend. This was fun. Pleasure, Matthew. Much. I uh, I think the restream.io was successful. It was. Successful. I think this is a good uh, good. I'm glad to be your guinea pig. 
Yeah, and we're I'm gonna do this from now on unless people aren't into it because I think the big thing about streaming is people just um they are uh oh this is another group chat I have that's blowing up um I think another thing sometimes people think they'll put their foot in their mouth when they're doing live streaming yeah but I don't edit back my podcast much at all because unless someone says something really egregious which really hasn't happened um I just I go this that's the point yeah. That's the point of the podcast. Well, here's a great... This is actually something I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, just actually that's been on my mind a lot, right? Because yeah. I want to I start a podcast. Yes. Um, I have a graphic, actually. There's a really dope guy, mm. uh, Josh Sood. Have you seen him post in Bacon? No. He's a cool guy. Okay. Anyway, he makes all these amazing graphics. Okay. Um, so I mean, I have him making a graphic for mine. But okay. anyway, what I, the, this last thing I wanted to ask you about that I think could be helpful for other people too is... So like I want to live stream my ha- when I interview guests. Okay. Right? And if you want to interview guests with uh, some sort of public presence. Yeah. I I imagine that like I'm just thinking like if like say I want to interview like the CEO of a company right. or like a mid-grade politician. Yeah. That's worried about their image. Uh, I I feel like those people would be not not for live streaming at all. No. Because um, they might even want to control the edit. Right. They might even want to go, not exactly go further into like, uh, oh, even though I said this, I don't want, can you cut that out, please? Yeah. And, but then I think, so that's a reasonable idea. So I, I imagine that to be true. Mm-hmm. But like Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard went on Joe Rogan. Yeah. And they went, they, they live streamed it and they didn't care. Yeah. So I wonder if it's like, does everyone in the middle, are they, is everyone in the middle worried about their image or is, or am I crazy? Like, do most people not care if you live stream? Um, like what's, what do you think about that? You know, I've only asked, obviously you and Vyas, I asked, right. You knew you were going to be live streaming on this one. The other one was, um, uh, oh, that's my only live streams. This is only my third live stream podcast where I'm interviewing. I live streamed myself uh-huh. Sunday just to yeah. test all this shenanigans. So you've, okay. So you um, don't have a lot of data yet. I don't have enough data. Mm. So I need to ask that every time I have a guest on now, I need to ask, are you okay with live streaming? Yeah. Um, I feel like it makes it more fun. I think we just cut out. Oh, really? Yeah. This oh, okay. thing just went, just went blank. So, oh no, it's, it's still good. So my data is bad here. My upload data. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of cutouts. Mm. Um, See, 18 comments, but I don't see 18 comments. How do I look at the 18 comments? When I click that, it's only these. Maybe it, do the comments expire? I can check on my phone. See thread. Oh! Whoops. <laughs> Should we do it? What echo? did I just do? Oh, Let's no. See, see I, we're at least a minute behind. But anyway, that doesn't matter. I think I think I, uh, we do need to wrap this up, though. Okay. Well, um, but this has been fun, my friend. Yeah, and thanks, We will do this again soon. Well, I see to you our two audience members, uh, thank you. Thanks for to listening. our one hater, please keep on hating. Keep on hating. Uh, it's <laughs> like I, I, we actually feed off of that. In fact, I love the haters more than the fans. Yeah. If you guys listening oh, could become haters, that would be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> and I don't even know how to use Twitch yet. I don't know how to go back and look at anything. I know I streamed. It said I streamed for 18 minutes, but I, there was no video save. There was nothing, which is why this time so I weird. did a save on um on OBS. Fucking Jeff Bezos, dude. Uh, Ru- ruining everything. He bought Whole Foods. 
Yeah. So. Uh, he's just thinking about his trip to Mars, that guy. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and All right. kick Signing it. Signing off. Signing off. Who's behind?